Amen. Good on you. I want you to know that sometimes you're going to hear some of those personal stories that come out. And I just want to know that I'm not trying to build me up and make you inferior or vice versa. I'm not trying to say things that sort of put people down or um, these, are, these, are, these are my stories and so they're the stories of my journey with God. So I just want to make that clear. And the other point I want to make clear is that never to feel condemnation. You know, I'm not a, a preacher of condemnation. I'm a preacher of hope and life and I'm a preacher of Jesus. And so, and so sometimes we can get convicted but I'm not here to preach condemnation. So, so, so please don't feel any, any way, shape or form that there's condemnation today or in any of my messages. Not that anyone has said that, but I just feel like I need to, to just encourage you with that as well. Well, last week we've looked, we looked at the sower who is sowing seed, which is a, a real great picture in Luke chapter 8 and in, and in uh, Matthew chapter 13 of... Uh, our hearts, and it's almost like, is it individual hearts? Like this person here has a, a stony heart, a thorny heart, and a, or, and a shallow heart, or is it also maybe the condition of our hearts during different stages of life and where sometimes we're quite receptive and other times we're quite harsh or, or, or gruff or unable to receive, not the right word, but to receive what God is saying. And so I just wonder if there's different... Elements of our hearts changing for in, even throughout the days that we live. And so we learned a little bit last week that we, to, to really meet with God means that we really want to meet with him. It means we will make time for him. If we're saying we're too busy, then we're too busy. And then if we learn anything about prayer and communication with God, we even learn that it's a time where we we bring ourselves and all of ourselves before God. Our warts and all, our failings, our errors, our shortcomings, like David did, it might be in your notes in Psalm 139, verse 1 to 3. I'm going to grab my water, excuse me. I think it might be on the screen. Might be. If you have your Bibles with you, that would be great. Or your iPads iPhones, and of course, all those who are greatly first to Android. Uh, <laughs> Psalm 139, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. And you are familiar with all my ways. This is a scary prayer. It's a declaration, but there's a prayer about this thing. And... It's a scary prayer because it's very powerful. Then we pray, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Anybody want a test? Yes, please. Would you like a test to raise your hand? No hands going up. Surprise. We know this is a reality of this prayer. See if there be any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Sometimes... The enemy of my enemy is sometimes us. Sometimes our own hearts, our, our shape, and where we're at, and what we're going through, what we're perceiving. And so our hearts often will struggle. We'll struggle with life, situations, people, and even circumstances. And that's, that's life. That's life in a nutshell. And yet, however, we're learning that God wants relationship with us. 
and he wants it to be real. He wants it to be transparent, like we read with David. He wants it to be open and real, heartfelt. This is emotion here. This is life here. This is this is the real deal. So we're learning how to communicate with God and God communicate with us. Over this series, we've talked about that prayer is essentially communication or conversation and encounter. And that's the one thing we need to remember is when we pray, something happens. Not only do we meet with God, but God meets with us. And we go on that journey together. We're inviting God into our day, into that moment, into that situation. Our relationship with God is absolutely vital. Everything that we do, everything we say, everything that we are and becoming is because of our relationship. But there's also sin. There's also the, the, the fruit of sin, animosities, and those things that we talked about last week. Pride and fear and bitterness and unforgiveness and many other things that attach themselves or themselves to us to live the life that God's called us to live, to try and inhibit us and to bring us down, and so we understand they're the challenges that we have. And I haven't perfected it, and I don't think I ever will, we will ever do that. I don't think we'll ever know what perfection is, in fact. I don't think we can ever know that. On the side of heaven, at least. So my, my heart would be, and I believe God's heart in this season, is that we just truly understand that prayer is meeting with God. It is meeting with God. Some of you go, I know that. I've known that for a hundred years. I've known that for 70 years. I know that. And I think we need to be reminded and we need to know it even more as these days shape and change around about us. The other challenges that we have, and I'll get to the word, is in Luke 8, 14, it says this. It says, the seed that fell on the thorns are the ones who hear the word, but they go their way. And they are choked by what? Worries, riches, and pleasures of life. It's so easy to get caught up with. You know, we've, we've bought a house, and that's great. It's brick and water at the end of the day. I don't want to pay you anyway, but I won't go there. <laughs> but it, it, that's not, Jesus is not coming back for our house. He's not coming back for the church, the building. He's coming back for you and me. We are what matter. People matter. So God will speak to us. God can speak to us through our sin, through our waywardness, through our ignorance and our arrogance. God will, at times, He will, will get our attention somehow. It may be difficult for Him to speak, but somehow He will do that, even if it's not in the first person, but He'll speak through someone to, to get our attention or some situation that creates a shift for us. Some of you will understand that and know what that means at a personal level. In the 13th century, a German king, Frederick II, conducted a diabolical experiment. He wanted to know that if you had babies that were born and you raised them without talking to them, what would they say, what would it sound like? 
Would we actually better hear the language of heaven? This dialect of heaven that no one's ever heard of? Or, or would it be in his case, what he thought would be the German language, of course. So he did this horrible, horrible experiment. He took babies from their mothers at birth and placed them in the care of nurses who were forbidden to speak uh, in their hearing or their presence. But he did something absolutely more horrific than that. They weren't allowed to, the nurses were not allowed to touch the infants. And to his great dismay, Frederick's experiment was cut short. Not because something tragically significantly happened regarding human nature that was revealed, but as you guessed it, the babies grew up to speak no language at all because they died. An experiment that went terribly, terribly wrong. One is that we were created for communication. Second, we were created for relationships. And we're also created for touch and intimacy. That's for another day, another message. But they're the thoughts. And this just highlights the fact that God had made us in his image. A mother, or sorry, I should say, a young child learns its mother's voice just in, in a matter of moments. It learns to familiarize itself with that voice and the smell and the scent of the mother. It knows and it creates a calming effect. There are other facets that go into that. It's an amazing connection that we see, that we all have, and as we connect with each other, our communication, our relationships matter so much. I say this because God created us. It was his idea to give us a mouth to give us a dialect and a language. It was his idea that we would talk and that we could pray and that we could talk and cheer with each other. It was God's idea. We're told that a fetus can hear the voices and sounds. And so with our children, before they were even born, we would play music at night. During the day, just play the old cassettes and put them in the cassette player and Play them then with cassettes. Some people don't know what that means. Uh, but anyway, who's uh, really read it? Yeah, anyway. John 10 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. The sense of hearing, the knowing, and obeying and following God. How would you describe right now that sense of level? How would you rate yourself in your ability to, to listen and to hear God speak to you? We heard before about the journaling and the writing down. Right? Do you feel like God's speaking to you or He's speaking to everybody else but you? How would you describe it right now? If you go for a walk and say, Lord, I, I don't know if you're speaking to me. I don't know if I'm, if I'm listening, if I'm able to listen. And so we're going to learn how to continue to hear. And this will be a bit of a crash course. This will be something you probably spend a number of weeks on to which we may do at a, a different level and look at this a little bit as well. What is important is that we hear God speak and 
Why is it important that we hear God speak? Well, it tells us in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart. Well, that's for today. May us today, may each of us every day, be ready to hear His voice. So that's the first cause. The second cause is that we do not harden our hearts. So often we can understand that there's a hardness of heart at times that enters into to man, to mankind, where the ability to hear God or perceive God as speaking to us is limited and it's diminished. So we have to recognize what that is. And my personal prayer has always been, Lord, if there's anything that is stopping me, anything in my life that you don't like, I want to know what it is because I don't want that to be in the way. I don't want that to be a barrier between and for our relationship. I don't want that. And I know I'm not perfect and I know I mess up. And I say things and I think things and I do things that I wish I could do and say and think better. We know that God listens to the humble prayer. One who humbles himself. I like the, the Pharisee, the religious leaders who beat their chest. Say, hey, I'm pretty cool, I'm pretty good. God is attracted to your humility. He gives grace to humility, to those who are humble. The Bible says he resists the proud. Have a look in John 10, 3. It says that the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls them his sheep by name and he leads them out. That's, that's what he does for us. He says that he's brought us his own. I won't read all of it at the time. Jesus used this figure of speech. The Pharisees did not understand it. And so in verse 14, and the next slide says, I am the good shepherd, and my, I know my sheep, and they, my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have no other sheep that not of this pen, and I will bring them also. And they too will listen to my voice. He's speaking primarily to Jews, so I wonder if that's a reference to the Gentiles, to us, other sheep, that, that they knew nothing of. He's speaking, they're reading about us. And they too will listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. My Father has given them to me. He is greater than them all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I am the Father of one. We heard before what Steve mentioned about journaling and learning how to dialogue with God. That's what face-to-face -face is really all about, learning how to dialogue with God. Okay. Oh, you put my timer on. There we go. It's starting now. <laughs> Sometimes our lack of time in reading the word can lead to a sense of disempowerment. We go about doing and wanting, but maybe not so much resting. The needs that we have today in every one of our lives, and today when we just listen, surely God has fresh matter for us, something that we Encourage us and speak to us. And in my life, God uses a number of different 
things and people into to speak into my life. I will share a little bit of that later on. Psalm 33, I don't know if this is in your notes or on the screen, but the word of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. This is how powerful his word is. The starry host went by the breath of his mouth. Let all the earth fear the Lord, let all the people of the world revere him, for he spoke and came to be. He commanded and it stood firm in Psalm, 100, sorry, Psalm 33. Isaiah, Isaiah, where am I going this morning? Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of the Lord is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of our heart. So as we read the word, it is a mirror. It is a mirror that, that reminds us and we get to see our reflection. Psalm 85 says, I will hear what the Lord will say. For he will speak peace to his people, to his godly ones. Isaiah 30, 21, I don't know if it's there. And your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way, walk in it whenever you turn to the right or the left. Or Isaiah 55, 3 says, Incline your ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. There's something about life and God's purpose attached to our ability to want to hear Him. And generally, it is understood that as Christians, we are not just people who are in a formula or some religious uh, methodical sort of process or action where we just do things. We're actually defined as people who love God and, and have a relationship with God. And that means that to have a relationship it can't be one-sided. We can't just be doing all the talking. He must be wanting to talk with us. He must be wanting to speak into our hearts. And those days where we clearly hear God speak are tremendous. They're amazing. I wish it was every second, but it's not the case. And for obvious reasons, one being pride, we have to, we have to work to spend time and find time for do a couple of thoughts just with prayer. Prayer is firstly drawing near as we wrap this up. I've got some points for you, but not just yet. Firstly, prayer is drawing near to God. Spending time. Prayer is aligning our will with the divine and Father's will. Prayer is confessing areas of our lives, identifying things that need to change. We're going to do that, but that's what prayer is about. Prayer is not just about asking God to give me, give me, give me. It's asking God to help me be who you called me to be. Help me to be what you see me being. Now who you died for. Prayer is also used to deepen our relationships with God. And I'd like to add this one. Prayer is adding to our nature. The God-like nature. When I was in Thailand, uh, anybody been close to some rubber trees? This is a rubber trees, but it's really amazing what they would do. They have this plantation of trees, rubber trees. I actually thought they were rubbery. No, don't worry. It's a joke. But what they would do is they had these tins. They can have different, different ways or shapes and sizes. And they had these tins. And these tins were wired in or, or roped in very, very tight to cut the tree. And as they were twisted in and pushed up, forced against the, 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 the stem of the tree, the tree would bleed. And some of the, one of the orphanages we went to, this is how they were making money. 
they were having getting the rubber and then being able to hold about that and use that and sell it. It became part of their livelihood. It's an amazing process. It's amazing. And what we do when we pray, we're squeezing up really tight to God. We just, we just, you know, it's like a, have you ever been in a train in Melbourne? Yeah. And they arrive finally. You're pushing in. They say in Japan they've got this thing perfect, and it's just a swarm. You cannot go the opposite direction. You cannot swim against the current. You know? And then they push you into the train. Who's been there had to happen? They push you in. They push you into the north pipes. It's like clockwork. And you're like this. But this is what it means. It means to rub up close. Prayer is just getting close. It's really getting close to God. Allowing His nature to rub up to us. Well, we heard we learned in Genesis Chapter 3 that, that God was walking and talking about the name. Communication was there, but then it, it fell in sin. There was a disjointed of communication that was disrupted. And they hid because they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. And they hid. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, the Lord calls Samuel. Many of you all know this story. I'll read some of this just quickly for time. And the voice Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was what? It's highlighting something. There were not many visions. And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak because he could hardly see, was laying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. So it was very early in the morning. Very early. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli. Eli said, Go back, you're having a drink. Forget that. The Lord spoke to Samuel again. He runs over to Eli. He said, No, lay down. Now, Eli is like, he's like, he's maxed out. He's got doctorates. This guy's like a professor. And if anybody should know that God's speaking right now, this is the guy who is the expert on God. This should be Eli. He's a priest. He should know this. Twice as young, in turn, Samuel is, is learning from someone who doesn't know how to hear God's voice. So, of course, Samuel's confused. He doesn't know. And so he, he goes over a third time, he runs to Eli, and Eli's like, ah, I think it's God. I think it's God, maybe. Because the word of God is rare. And then Samuel said this, speak, and your servant is listening. It's pretty sad, really, that we can know all about God, but we we're not personally able to hear him speak to us. He's like an assistant. So he was to Eli. An upcoming church leader, a young person who's going to learn, and there's something that's missing. He didn't know how to hear God. He didn't know the voice of the Lord. Sometimes we can we can give and we serve, still miss what God wants to say and do in our hearts. 
Sammy was helpful, but he was ignorant. For he had not known this God personally. Samuel entered into an encounter with God. This is where it started. Some say that the reason that even God would speak sometimes late at night or early in the morning, Jesus prayed early in the morning, is because, as I said last week, we get, there's already too many distractions when we start the day. There are so many things that start to happen that we have to think about, and, and so it's hard to switch that all off. And so sometimes early in the morning, before all that, I know some people who pray many hours in the morning, many hours. Different countries, can you speak of them? Some of them, it's not unusual to pray all night, right through the morning. Sacrifice that time. So we learned that we're going to develop godly habits. We've got to stay close to God. They're like in the church, they're serving in, in the temple, they're, they're ministering in, and yet there's this sense where God's voice is rare. The word of God is, is, is rare. And they're going through the motions and What's interesting with this is it starts to set us up for where we're going. Is that God is Almighty God, majestic and awesome and wonderful, and yet His voice sounded something like you. Doesn't that seem a bit odd to you? God thundered on the mountain, Mount Sinai, with Moses. It sounded like thunder and lightning. I'm sure it was just God just talking and. And we know that, that sometimes God is not in the thunder and lightning as well. He's also sometimes in the still small voice, the whisper. But somehow he mistaken this voice that he heard for his teacher, Eli. And we're going to go back to that point in a few moments. The thought is that God is speaking up in this. This is the challenge. This is the challenge for us as church leaders, and churches and pastors and leaders, and all those who serve and love God. It's for all of us. We're all equal. That I have to hear God's voice. I have to want to hear God's voice, and you need to and want to hear God's voice as well. We want, we want Taz Baptist to hear God's voice in the direction. Baptist Australia. We want them to hear God's voice for us. Reflectively, as we move forward. What's interesting too, the voice is that you can hear it, but it wasn't clear. I could hear voices, I went to Thailand again. Uh, I could hear them talking, but I just didn't understand what I was saying. But they learned to understand and tune in to what God is saying. Eli couldn't hear anymore. He couldn't understand or even recognize what God's voice was or same. So God bypasses the obvious. See, traditionally we'd understand that God would speak to the priest. He would speak to this guy, Eli. He speaks to Samuel. Because Samuel sometimes was, I don't think was, was inhibited. He was not set in his ways. He was, he was willing to, to, to listen and reshape what it meant for him. Eli had some issues in his family. His children were running amok in the temple. 
we can read in that chapter that God was not happy about that. What we understand is that Eli was not disciplining his children. And God took offense to that. Because it was a defense to what they were doing by way of the worship and the temple set up. And these guys were, were basically ripping people off. So God said, hey, you've got to deal with that. He knew what they were doing, but he couldn't speak into it. He just didn't know how to do that, maybe. Samuel means heard of God. He was willing to be trained and he was willing to learn because he wanted more of God. So that I'm going to share just a few thoughts with you. How does God speak? This is not exhaustive. This is just a very short introduction to how does God speak. How would you, if someone said to you, you're a Christian? Yes. So you pray? You speak to God? Yes. And so, so I'm assuming that God speaks to you. So anybody in the street could say this to you. Yes? What does, it, what does it, what's it sound like? How does that work? What would you say? Because they're the questions I'd be asking somebody who said that they were talking with God. Number one, how does God speak to us? He speaks to us through the written word. Galatians 1 8, uh, Psalm 119, 105, I give your word in my heart, I never sin against you. 2 Timothy 3.16, Revelation 1.3, we can go on, James 1.22. God speaks through his word, he will never contradict his word. I've heard people tell me that God said go do this, and in his scripture it says something else. I have a personal problem with that, and I'm not going to judge them for that. That's what they think they've heard, but I believe that God will follow through on his word. And there will be agreement with his word. So sometimes we do things, and if we... Otherwise, we have no north, no true north, no, no moral compass. And we start changing things to our preference. So God speaks from his word. The Bible is his word. The living word of God. The Holy Spirit also in that helps apply certain passages of scripture like we heard. Reading a book as well and other devotionals that help to build our capacity to hear God and listen and experience God speaking. But what does God's voice sound like? When I heard the audible voice of God, many audible, inaudible, the audible voice of God, I heard before I was a Christian. I heard it, in, if some of you have heard this, I've shared this, when I went to the room, I was invited to go to church, I said, yeah, thanks, no thanks. I went back into my duplex apartment, living next door to my parents, I walked in there, and I heard this voice, and it said, go on, give it a go, what do you got to lose? That's the exact words that were said. I'll never forget it. The hairs of my arm went up and I looked around. My brother sounds like me. He has a very similar voice. He could ring up and he could tell you, he could speak to you. You could think you're talking to him, to me, not him. So I went around calling out, where are you? Where are you? Peter, Peter, looking everywhere. I think he's playing a game on me. Not sure. I looked everywhere. Under the kitchen sink? He wouldn't fit under there. But I looked everywhere. So I'm freaking out. Go on, give it a go. What do you got to lose? I went back in there and I said, hey, is that invite still open? They nearly fell off their chairs with a cup of tea. In there. I said, yeah. I said, no. And then I said, yes. Because I heard the audible voice of God. I wasn't a believer as such. I wasn't following Jesus. I believed in God. I wasn't following God. Wasn't it weird that it was in a voice that was familiar to me? Isn't it weird Samuel was hearing a voice familiar to him? It sounded like Eli. 
Sometimes we think God's just this is the Lord. Hello, I love you. Oh, that should be sound awesome. Right? I need someone really deep. Like Nathan. This is the Lord. Whoever else. Sometimes we're waiting for that writing lipstick on the mirror and this, this big voice from heaven, but sometimes it, it sounds so similar and familiar. The voice of God is spirit-to-spirit communication. The Holy Spirit directly speaking to our spirit. It comes mostly with the sense of spontaneity of thought, ideas, words, feelings, and pictures. That's why I, we, we journal. We read scripture and then we, then we sit on that and say, Lord, what do you need to say to me today that, through this scripture? What do I need to apply to my life? What observations can I make? That you're saying, and we start to write it down. And thoughts start to flow. Sermons often come when I just sit and I can just stare. And I can just think and, and just say, God, I'm tuning in. What are you saying? And I start to write things down. It creates an intuitive process. Learning and to know directly and instinctively how to, how to hear and listen. It doesn't mean that every spontaneous thought or idea is from God, but we learn how to discern that, what is our thoughts and what are God's thoughts. I like this. The voice of God intersects with our minds and appeals to our hearts like an inner audio, audio, audible voice. Someone you said this. Anybody better say you Every day with Jesus. Oh, amazing devotions that I just I grew up on. He said this, and I think I've never heard it worded so well. He said, the voice of God is like the voice of conscience, only stronger, richer, and more positive in content. When God speaks, it, 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 it lifts. It lifts. There's life and hope. There's life in His words. Like the conscience carries its own sense of authority with it. The trained ear recognizes the divine voice and the soul knows that its creator has spoken. This is our homework this week. Sit, wait, and ask God to speak. Have your journal out and start to write. Have a notepad out. Have your phone out. Have a few minutes where you can just say, God, read the scripture and pray and say, God, serve is just Our soul knows that its creator has spoken. We can have to understand how God can speak to us. Very, very important. Number two, the time. Another way that God speaks to us is, is the third person, the Holy Spirit, bringing our verse and scripture to remembrance. Our Holy Spirit will prompt a desire, a thought, or a memory into our hearts that will begin to release faith in given uh, situations. Number three, I'm just going to go through this fairly briefly because. Not so much to say right now in that world because later on. Thirdly, God speaks to us as we initiate time, of course, in prayer. So when we actually make time, we can hear God, we can listen to God. We can read some of those scriptures, Isaiah 30, uh, 51, Psalm 95, Hebrews 37. God will speak definitely through godly counsel and wisdom. And there's many times when we make decisions and we, we have people in our lives that are backups. Sometimes we're so caught up in the moment, we need a, a fresh, fresh eyes, fresh ears, fresh mind. And so we have people when we're making decisions, we, we have them. So we're seeking the Lord. Will you join with us and pray with us? 
And if God says anything to you, you said something because we're not able to hear because I want this. I want this thing. So I'm already, I'm already emotionally connected to it. So we need you to, to, to verify. So we have people who will do that for us. And they will say things. And they will even say things I'll write down in pink. But they feel that God has spoken to them in prayer. Even before we came here, we had one guy who was part of the uh, Victoria Baptist leadership team, and uh, in our communications with, with him, uh, he was regularly talking, just in the journey, because uh, there were some, some churches that we uh, had had looked at and uh, had visited, and and so I was just making sure as I was talking with him, getting a sense of if I'm missing something, if I've got this wrong, I want you to help me. And so there's backup. There is wisdom in the multitude of counsel. If you're going to make major decisions, they say, uh, they say make hasty decisions slowly. If you're going to make major decisions, get people to back it up and back up in prayer for you. Very, very important time. God speaks through, another way God speaks is through converging circumstances. We can look right throughout the Bible, from Genesis right through to Revelation. Examples of Noah, Abraham, Jacob. Moses, Joshua, Saul, David, Balaam's donkey, for instance. We can go on. There are things that line up. There are things that line up together that, that, that we can know that this is okay. This is, there's a sense of God about this that line up. Not always, though, will, will things line up that we can say, well, this is not God, or it's wrong. That doesn't mean that as well. We've got to learn how to discern. We've got to wait to discern. One day we, we had a house where we took ages to sell. And we'll say, well, maybe we shouldn't move. Maybe we, maybe this is God. We read too much into it. The next day, we we, we have some market and it sells in about a week. Like, we're going to be careful we read too much into things. We're going to be wise about this and discerning. It's very, very important. If we're going to hear God, we're going to be discerning. For, unfortunately for Samuel, he had no one really to discern it, except uh, Eli had that little bit where he said, I think this might be the Lord. I think, I think it might be. Just, just, just telling you they're going to listen. What must, must have, what would Eli have thought in that moment? You could have spoke to me, God. You know, we're probably waiting so long. I've been, I've been every day. I've been coming. I've been doing this, and you want to speak to Samuel? Like you can just see. Oh, yeah, I can see. Maybe I read too much. God speaks through converging circumstances. There are events around our lives that are orchestrated by God that He will use to confirm, instruct, guide, lead, teach. But it requires a trained heart. I like the saying, I think I've heard this, to the learned Christian, interruptions are only divinely interjected opportunities. I think that's true. Here's a checklist of things just if you're making decisions. Everything points to a particular direction. Again, I think wisdom. What measure of blessing do you have in this decision? Question. What approval does it receive? So you say, I feel like I'm going to do this. Have you got some people you can talk to? What do they say? Good Christian godly counsel. What do they say about that? You don't have to go what they say, but you need to, you need to take it in if you're going to make a very well-informed decision. Is there scriptural confirmation? Is there things that you've been praying and someone comes up and says, I want to give you a verse? And you go, it's a sign! Give me a sign, Lord. 
Is there confidence and peace in your life from God about this? As you sit on it, you start to get unrested. You start to feel, oh, I don't know now. Does doubt sink in? Uh, those sort of uh, issues start to arise. Is there confidence and peace? I think peace is the big, big, big deal here. The big one, the big fish. Peace. I think peace is something we need to be really wanting to make sure we're going to make a decision that's going to be peace. We, we had peacemaking decisions to leave Victoria to come to Tassie, but we were dead spitless. We lived in control of our lives, we, we were familiar with everything. But we did not know. Just knew there was a lot of things that were pretty daunting for us. So we were scared. I'd rather, be, I'd rather be scared as long as I've got the peace of God. It's okay. And thought, another thought with that is much for the appetites of the flesh. They're out of line with our selfish ideas and ambitions. Sometimes they get in the way. So I want this thing. Is it really what God wants for you? It, it, it may be okay. But we need to ask the question. You can see a sense when we're willing to hear God there's got to be accountability. <coughs> so maybe for the rest of this year, you can have a goal for the next rest of this year that I want to really learn how to discern and hear God's voice. Maybe I'm going to, I'm going to push myself a little further to find out how I can hear what God is saying to me. I think we all deep down want to hear God. I think it would be almost that wrong if we would say, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to hear God speak. What are you hiding? Because God sees it all anyway. You can't hide from God. Where do you go? Where, where, where can we go to hide from God? We go to heaven, he's there. We go to sky, he's there. We go to the earth, he's there. I love what it says. Lewis said, the more Jesus takes over, the more truly he becomes. I think that's a big thought. The more Jesus takes over, the So the challenge for us is listening. God will speak the dreams, number six, visions, prophecy, the audible voice. We don't seek far from that. We don't want up to that. We just do what we do. And if we need to know, we need to know. I've heard of stories of missionaries and different people who are hearing so many stories where God went to Canada to make them to know if this is right. Even the Apostle Paul we read would, would seek and pray and, and it would be like, the Holy Spirit said, no, I want you to go this way. Don't go that way. You see, David, when David went to battle, he heard the word of the Lord. They went that way. This is really interesting with David. Why is he a man after God's own heart? He already got God's game plan. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to defeat the Philistines. David goes back. He prays. But he already knew what to do. But he prays the second time after that first great victory. And God said, now I want you to go this way. Everyone's like... But God said, go. So God said, and God gave them victory. We keep listening. We keep listening. And the good news is God wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to hear you every single day. So don't feel heavy at the moment in your heart. Say, oh, well, sounds like everyone else is God speaking. God speaking to all the servants and I feel like Eli. No, God doesn't want you to feel like Eli. He wants you to feel like Samuel. He wants you to feel like you. And 
It says he is speaking. But we must be willing, if God's going to speak, we must be willing, as I get a bit deprived, to do whatever God says. I remember when I met Gabe and we were doing street evangelism. You haven't heard this story, I'm getting close. And, and we were at we strip with this thing in Ballarat, and then we sort of got set up. Well, that's another story. And so she's waiting for me, and I thought, anyway, we get there. And so I said, oh, we, I like you, you like me. This is where it is. I just feel God wants to do something with me. I don't know where we're going to go, where I'm going to go, and what it's going to look like. Are you prepared for that? We went in a date, you know, it's like, I just want to know, are you ready for that? I said, oh, we could go, and I said this, we could go, we could, I don't know, we could end up living in Timbuktu, which I didn't know was a real place at the time. <laughs> and God says, yeah, we'll do that. We're going to be willing to do whatever God says. Number two, we should be expecting God to speak to us. 1 Samuel 3, 9. <coughs> expecting God to speak to us. And number three, we must learn how to sit patiently and quietly in God's presence. Psalm 46, 1. We need to learn how to wait. Psalm 27, 14. Isaiah 30, 18. That's what we need to do. Father, we thank you for this time this morning. There's a lot in there. So I need a message, Lord. Of all that we've heard, Lord, this is what we know. We've learned over these weeks, Lord, we, we can pray, we can ask, and we can seek you out, and we can know you more. But not only have we learned that, we've also learned the fact that you want to speak with us. You, Almighty God, the creator and the holder of the universe, you want to speak with us. So, Lord, we ask today as a church and as your people that our ears will be open, that we will hear. No matter what we think or what you say, Lord, reveal it to us. If there's understandings and perceptions, reveal us, Lord, because we want to hear you. We want to hear you whisper. We want to hear you Right.